Today is November the 14th, 2020, and I want to introduce to you our new study. We're going to study the book of 2 Timothy. The reason we're going to study it is a friend came out to visit me and told me that she woke up in the middle of the night thinking about 2 Timothy chapter 3. When she left, I got my Bible and sat down to read that chapter, and it's amazing that that chapter tells us what the culture of the world will be like in the latter days. I've always thought God doesn't shock us with anything. If we study his word, he tells us what he's going to do. He tells us what to do, and if we don't, he tells us what will happen. And if we do, he tells us what will happen. And so I'm excited to launch into the study of this little book. And I just pray that God will teach me new information, new truths that I can pass on to you. So 2 Timothy was written when Paul was in prison for the second time under Nero. I've always found it amazing that John and Paul and Many of the other servants of God were mistreated, put in prison. You would think that God would have better things for them than that. But you see, because they went to prison, we have this message. The book of Revelation, God put John in, in the Isle of Patmos, just a rock island, and you think, well, that's not a very good thing to do, but how many people have been blessed in the last 2,000 years because Paul was, John was imprisoned, and now Paul is in prison, and you and I can receive the blessings of what he did when he was confined. I think that the quarantine is hard on all of us. It has been hard on me. And I'm sure it is on you. And we don't know what's to come. But I do know that you and I should be willing and ready to be used by God if we're just alone in our home. He didn't have to take us out to use us. So let's look at what Paul said. He starts off by identifying himself. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Apostle, one taught by Jesus. Paul was saved on the road to Damascus, and he spent three years in the desert where Jesus personally taught him. And that's the identification mark of an apostle. A disciple is a student, but an apostle is one that spent time in the presence of Jesus. By the will of God. You see, God chose Paul to be his 12th apostle. And he's, I wrote to Timothy, my beloved son. And he wishes three, three things for Timothy. And this is what we should wish for each other. If we prayed this for each other, for everybody we know, maybe the world would change. It says grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus the Lord. Grace, what is grace? 
Is God's unmerited favor toward us? What does that mean? It means we don't deserve it. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. And mercy is an action word. It's by God's mercy that grace becomes real in our life. And peace from God. We can have peace with God. And that affords us to have peace with our fellow man. I hear so many testimonies of people that can't get along with each other these days. There's only one reason we can't get along. We don't get our way and we get mad about it. We have to learn when things don't go our way how to respond. To have peace from God. How wonderful it is to be in a peaceful home. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience. Think about that. Here's Paul established all these churches that Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippi, all these places, and he's in prison under Nero in Rome. And what does he do? He thanks God. And he has a clean conscience. Isn't that amazing? He's not saying, God, why did you put me here? Why did you lock me up in here? He says, thank you, God, that I know my conscience is clear because I've dealt with, with it. And he said, I don't, I don't cease to remember you in my prayers night and day. That's one advantage of being home alone. You have a lot of time to pray. And I have never just sat down and bowed my head and just had a long prayer time. I've prayed like that, but I pray without ceasing. I just, wherever I am and whatever I'm doing, God will bring to mind something I need to pray about. And I just pray and continue to clean the bathroom or whatever I'm doing. He said, without ceasing, I pray for you, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. We get the idea that Paul is lonely and he wants Timothy. And you know, we need each other. We need the fellowship of, of believers. That's the way God made us. And that's why it's hard not to be able to continue life the way we used to by in church and Sunday school and weddings and parties and birthdays. We really need each other. And that's what Paul is saying here. I have such a strong desire just to see you, Timothy. And I know you're shedding tears that I might be filled with joy. That's the kind of friendship they had. Paul's locked up in prison, thanking God. Timothy's crying because he wants Paul to have joy. And that's the knowledge that we'll possess something good. Don't be defeated, Paul. Timothy's saying, don't be depressed because of where you are, Timothy's saying. And then Paul writes, when I come to remembrance, the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in my grandmother, in thy grandmother, Lois, and my mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Now, how about that? Timothy had a mother, Lois, and a grandmother, or have I got that backwards? 
Yeah, the grandmother Lois and the mother Eunice that were believers. That's exciting. And you can believe they prayed for him. And he said they had great faith. And I trust that you have their faith in you. He said, wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Now listen to verse 7. This is a message for the rest of this year and next year and the rest of our life. Verse 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I really believe if you listen to the news, you can lose your sound mind. I've always been a news freak all my life. I just love to keep up with what's going on. I've turned off the TV because it's too disturbing to hear what they report because I don't know if it's true or not. I found out so much that I thought was true that now I find out is not. And I just can't clutter my mind with it. You see, I have to take care of my mind. That's Deuteronomy 4.9. Only take heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently. Remember your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. I have to be very careful what I think about. Because what I think about determines my mood. My mood determines my health, and my health determines how I function in life on a daily basis. So remember, what you think is important. And in the midst of all the confusion that we live in, know that God is in control. He really is, and that's not a cop-out. I don't know what's gonna happen, neither do you. But I have power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not my power. It's not my might. It's the power of God in me. And I can love everybody because First Thessalonians says God will cause my love to increase and abound. I don't have to struggle and strain to love people that aren't lovable or that don't love me. I have the power of God in me. And he said, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prison. Don't be ashamed to tell people I'm in prison. But be partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. Take what God brings your way, knowing it will benefit you somehow. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. That's what we were talking about. God has not called me according to the good that I have ever done. But according to his purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You see, we're called according to God's purpose. And God's purpose is to conform us to the image of his son and use us here in the world. He said, but now it's made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. Now, how in the world could that be? How could he abolish death when you and I know we got to die? Because the word death means separation from. And remember, I've said this over and over. 
we're separated from our body when we die physically. If we haven't been saved by the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, when we die physically, we also die spiritually because then we're separated from God and we don't have a second chance. But if you're born again, you die physically, you're still alive spiritually because you're in the presence of God. Isn't that exciting? He is now made manifest to us and he's brought us life and immortality to light through the gospel. What does it mean in the light? Well, it means if you're in the dark, you don't know what's going on. But if you walk in the light as he is the light, then you know that. You know that I have eternal life. You know that I have meaning and purpose for my life in time. And you look forward to your future, which is with him. And that's a very positive way to live. Now, I want to conclude this message with verse 12. My mentor and friend, Dr. Henry Brandt, was a clinical psychologist in Flint, Michigan. He had a huge practice. He believed that the Bible had the answers. And even though he was a psychologist in a private practice, he used the scripture to help people. He was a very wealthy man. He was a very sharp businessman. He lost his health to Parkinson's. He lost his wealth to different things. Um, the fall of the stock market, the oil crisis, things he had nothing to do with. And on November the 23rd, 2008, I got a phone call from him. He was in the bed. He barely could talk. And this was the last time I spoke with him. He said, Mary Glenn, I want to give you the verse that I'm living by today. It's in 2 Timothy, verse 1, chapter, verse 12 and chapter 1. For the which cause I suffer these things. He's suffering. He has Parkinson's. He doesn't have a lot of money left. He said, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I thank God for Henry Brandt and his directing me into the truth, which is the word of God. He had committed his life, his family, his future, his present, and he was persuaded that God was able to keep that which he had committed. I challenge you to examine what you've committed as I challenge myself. What is my commitment? Do I panic, get afraid? God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Know whom you have believed and believe that he is faithful to keep all that you've committed. So be careful what you commit. 
committed all. God bless you and thank you for listening. <laughs>